Bless the Lord. Welcome, everybody. We're going to lift the Lord up in praise together. It's, it's great to be in the house of the Lord. Let's uh, lift him up. We'll start with a song, You Are Worthy, All My Praise. I will worship with all of my heart. I will praise you with all of my strength. I will seek you all of my days. I will follow all of your ways. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone, I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise. I will bow down and hail you as king. I will serve you, give you everything. I will lift up my eyes to your throne. I will trust you. I will trust you alone. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone, I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone, I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise. I will worship with all of my heart. I will praise you with all of my strength. I will seek you all of my days. I will follow all of your ways. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone, I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise. I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone, I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Guys, as you can see, uh, Chris wasn't able to make it this morning. We're short John in the sound booth, Bob in the sound booth. Satan can attack in many ways. And if he can tear down the sound and this and that and the other. But isn't it a great thing that not only do we have Bob and, and Morgan, but when God's on the throne, it's going to go forward anyway. Amen? And, it, and praise God for Bob and Morgan handling each end of this on their own. 
But they're not on their own because I know each one of them are sold out to God and God's going to bring the service together. Amen? Amen? God gets the glory. And I praise the Lord that as we just sang just now, we're going to give him all our worship, all our praise, and every bit of it doesn't go to Bob or Morgan or Chris or John. It goes to Jesus Christ. And so as long as we're gathered here today to celebrate and glorify uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and be edified and also we need our spirits quickened. Sometimes we need our toes stepped on. I pray each one of us this morning will open our hearts to let God speak to us individually, intricately, but each one of us needs to hear. And then we'll leave this place coming to church for the right reason. Amen? Praise the Lord. So good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. It's great that we were able to already start in praise, but let's go to Him in prayer now. Amen? Father God, I just thank you for who you are and just ask God that as we have gathered in this place, we've had a great Sunday school class this morning, may we continue to have a great time in your house as we hear your word spoken unto us through song, through your word, whatever it may be. God, may your will be done. May each one of us here today heed your word and listen to who you are. May your will be done, Father, in this house and in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. So last week, I think almost before school starts and people will start coming back into town and things of that nature. But we're here this morning. Walk around, shake somebody's hand, give them a hug, and, and just let them know it's good to see them in God's house this morning. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend, He met the needs of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I am telling, He made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away, in my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Born of the Spirit with life from above, into God's family divine. Justified fully through Calvary's love, oh, what a standing is mine. And the transaction so quickly was made, when as a Savior I came. Took on the offer of grace He did proffer, He saved me, oh, praises to me. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away, and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Now I've a hope that will surely endure after the passing of time. I have a future in heaven for sure, though in those mansions sublime. And it's because of that wonderful day 
When at the cross I believe, riches eternal and blessings supernal from His precious hand I receive. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away. And my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Okay. All right. Thank you, Bob. Okay, guys. Just a couple of announcements this morning. I was. I have this weird feeling there's another one I am supposed to announce, but um. It's coming up. That's one of my announcements here shortly. Um, it, it seems like there's something I'm supposed to announce, but I'm just going to throw these couple at you. First of all, praise the Lord, uh, our sister back here had her surgery Tuesday and already back in church Sunday. So God gets the glory for that. Amen. Continue to pray for her. We were making her laugh in Sunday school with a surgical scar. That doesn't uh, didn't sit well. But uh, pray that you'll keep her in your prayers. Just a couple things I wanted to, to throw out there as far as announcements. This Thursday is our pool party coming up. It's, uh, that's where we have rented the Floresville pool. And what we'll do, you'll, if folks will come, we eat dinner here. Once dinner is over, we get in the bus, or you can carpool over, or you can follow each other. But we're going to head over to the pool, and from 8 o'clock till 10 o'clock, we have the pool reserved just for ourselves. Now, when I say that, that doesn't mean just these few in here. Invite folks. Invite friends, neighbors, those who... Maybe we can st- extend a hand to and an outreach to and let them see that Christians don't just uh, uh, sit around and bite the fingers that stick out or anything like that. that. That we can go and have fun one with another. Amen? So that that's the back-to-school party that will be at the swimming pool this coming Thursday night. If you would like to go, just and you can meet us there. I believe it's 8 to 10. Right, Carla? I know. I know. It, it, it's that girl sitting beside you. I know. Always. Always. How come it's all, it seems like whenever there's an issue, whenever there's an issue, there's Tara, you know. This, uh, <laughs> it, it's 8 to 10, the pool. 8.15 to 10.15. So if you can't make it here in time for work or because of work or anything like that and you can't make dinner, you can still meet us out there. Just let them know you're with us and, and uh, if, if we're already out there. But again, invite folks. Invite uh, teenagers. Invite friends. Uh, let, let them see that it's okay to come out and have a good time one with another. Yeah. Yeah. Because Carla set the announcement. <laughs> um, the, other, the only other announcement I want to make is that at the food pantry next door, if you did not know, we have a couple of food runs through HEB that we get cakes and bread and such every week. Well, this week we got an extra one, and that was on Friday, so that it's it's sitting over at the food pantry now, and we're afraid that it will not last uh, till give till next Friday when they do their normal handouts. So after the services today, short for a brief amount of time, uh, Lou's, uh, Judy's going to go and open the doors, and if anybody'd like to go over there and see if there's any cakes, bread, or anything like that that you can use, so it doesn't go to waste. Um, like I say, it was an extra extra delivery, so praise the Lord. 
but we don't want it to go to waste either. So if there's something you can use, or you know a neighbor, someone who you think that could use a cake, a, uh, some bread, something like that, please go next door and give it to Miss Judy and get, get some of that gifts that God's blessed us with. Okay, I think that's all the announcements. It sure seems like there should be one more. I can't grab it right now in my mind, but we'll just run with that ball for now. Brother? No? No, there's still so many in and out. So many people in and out. All right, Brother Brian, come on up. I don't know what's brighter, the shoes or the shirt. I love it. I love it. Father God, I just lift up my brother to you, and I thank you that he is willing to come and open the word for us. And God, not just that, but he is, he's wears these bright colors and a smile on his face because he is just glorifying you and thanking you, Father. Thank you for him and his family, and I just pray you'll bless him, and may we hear your word through him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Master Carpet, too. You need to wear this every yeah, Sunday. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I could blend in. Blend in. Amen. Uh, scripture today is going to be out of Psalms 116. Um, verse um, 5, the short, short little scripture says, The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is compassionate. Um, sounds short, but that says a lot. Gracious and righteous. Now, gracious uh, is, is like um, uh, full of grace. Righteous could also be said just. Uh, he is a just God, compassionate. That's merciful. So the three really kind of don't match each other, uh, but they do with God. He can be just, give us the justice, uh, and still be compassionate and merciful. Uh, place I used to work at in Victoria, the the old codgers up front would would sit up there and talk sometimes and it was so fun to overhear some of the things they said because some of the stuff was really profound and some of it was just hilarious but my boss was complaining about uh, something that was unfair to him I think it was a mattress that he had to to uh, take back and uh, and it was it was just wrong we were gonna have to sell it cheap and everything well uh, while he was complaining about it, uh, one of the guys up there said, well, it, it's going to work out. It's all going to work out. Well, just a little bit later, a photographer from down the road came in, and uh, he wanted a mattress. And I believe he bought that mattress, but I, I'm not sure. But anyway, it's a funny thing. He, he was a photographer, remember? Uh, he was complaining about something that, was unfair to him. He had taken a picture of a lady that was running for political office. She wanted to put in the newspaper. And she came in and said, uh, said, I need you to fix this picture. It does not do me justice. Well, one of the old codgers up there looked at that picture. And uh, I heard a story on the radio that was almost identical to this, but this week. But he looked at that picture and said, well, she doesn't need justice. She needs mercy. <laughs> <laughs> well, God is that way to us. He He is merciful and gracious. He blesses us, even though we might think things aren't fair. They are fair. Uh, just like today, we have Bob here is having to do this without Chris. God has supplied Bob with a double neck guitar. So, so 
we have the tools mobile back there by herself, but she has all that equipment and a shotgun. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, she does have a shotgun back there, but it's never mind. But, but God get do what? That's right. Um, there you go. That's for the justice. God is ju- God's justice is perfect. That's what I'm trying to say. It's justice unlike what we can hand out. And sometimes when we think life might not be fair to us, well, it is in the big picture. It is in the big picture. We just might not understand it. We might not see the whole picture. God's ways are higher than our ways, Isaiah 55. Uh, way higher than our ways. And he loves us and he cares for us, and he is gracious and righteous and compassionate. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you for all the blessings that you do give us, Lord, uh, that we don't deserve, God, and we sometimes don't appreciate. Thank you for those blessings. Thank you for the blessings that are uh, in the form of uh, justice to us, Lord. We might have failed you. And God, you uh, you know how to correct us and what we need to be put back on the path to you, God. And that's the most important thing. So, God, we thank you today for for that, for the love. And God, we thank you for your 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 graciousness, for letting us come to your house on this day, Lord. For letting us sing praises to you, God, and for letting us have fellowship with one another. And God, I pray that that fellowship is all done in love. Uh, the love that can only come from you. Thank you for this family, Lord. Um, Thank you for each one of its members, Lord. And I pray that you would send more people, God. And, uh, And that as you do, God, I just pray that you would guide us to do what we need to do there, Lord. And, uh, forgive us now when we fall short. Bless the, the, the singing, Lord, and bless the message. I pray that it'll all glorify you. I pray these holy thi- uh, these things in the holy, precious, sweet name of your Son, our living Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. No. <laughs> Thanks. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I... <laughs> bless the lord let's lift the lord up in praise we're gonna um sing a hymn together we're gonna sing the kim he lives i serve a risen savior he's in the world today i know that he is living whatever men may say i see his hand of mercy i hear his voice of cheer In just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me on long last narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart In all the world around me His love, His loving care 
I know my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that He is leading through all the stormy blasts. The day of His appearing will come at last. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me on long last narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian, lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King, the hope of all who seek Him, the help of all who find. No other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, He lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along long last narrow way. He lives, He lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would He devote that sacred head for such a one as I. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. Him was there by faith, I received my sight, and now I'm happy all the day. Was it for sin that I had done? He groaned upon a tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. He was there by faith, I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Well might the sun in darkness hide, and shut his glories in. When Christ the mighty maker died, for man the creature's sin. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. He was there by faith, I received my sight, and now I'm happy all the day. But drops of grief, can never repay 
the dead of love I owe. Dear Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. I see the King of glory coming on the clouds with fire. The whole shake, the whole shake. I see His love and mercy washing over all our sin. The people sing, the people sing. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the I see a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith, with selfless faith. I see a near revival stirring as we pray and seek. We're on our knees. We're on our knees. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. So heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. As I walk from earth into eternity. 
trick question coming, didn't you? <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. We got Ezekiel on the mind, I guess, for some reason. Exodus, Exodus. But you know, I, I, I was praying this week, and, and in fact, I shared a little bit of this Thursday night when I spoke as to what the Lord was leading me to speak on today, I thought, and it, and it, and it came together, I believe, in my mind. We're studying the book of Acts on Sunday morning. We're reading through it right now, about to, to start taking it apart, word by word, scripture by scripture. And as I read the book of Acts, the thought that always comes to me, and then I see and look around, not just this church, but churches in general. And I look, I speak to a lot of pastors and music ministers in this, this week. I was talking to a game warden who used to go to church, who doesn't go to church any longer. And he was, he brought up to me the 80-20 rule. And, 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 and we were talking about different things. And it just came to came to mind, and you may have heard me mention this before, as far as this this initial question. But have you ever really wondered why the church today doesn't see the the same kinds of things, the the miracles, if you will, that happened in the early church, that church in the Book of Acts that we're looking at right now? Just in today's reading, we saw some incredible miracles being performed through there. Guys, let me say this morning, the reason I think that we don't see those kinds of miracles any longer, the reason why a lot of that isn't happening in our personal lives, because they're still happening around, is that the fact that we have changed, not God. God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the Alpha, the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is what he was, and he was what he is, and he's always going to be the one on the throne. He is God Almighty. God does not change, nor does His miracle-working capabilities change. It is we who have changed, folks. It is we who have, if you will, strayed from what the church originally was in the book of Acts. Now, we have strayed in many different facets, I would say, in many ways of the bureaucracies thereof, in many ways of teaching and studying the doctrine, However, I would say we don't need to even look back over the last 2,000 years. I would take it even to the last couple of hundred years. The changes that have taken place in the New Testament church, many of which, there are some that are glaring, but I want to look more. Some of them are very subtle, but yet very major in their scope. A few examples would be like the professions of faith and the baptism and walking an aisle in the church. These were... 
That walk in the Nile, you used to be baptized. Is there a water hole there? That's where we're going to go get baptized. It, it was when you accepted Christ. There's so many ritualistic things that we've put upon the, 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 the faith and believing in Christ. And I, I'm afraid we've changed from, from service and sacrifice to pay and pray. We think that if we come in on Sunday mornings and we drop our tithes in, and we'll say a prayer, and we might even come on Thursday night and say a prayer. I might even pray over my hamburger at Wendy's. That I'm all good. That's all I need to do. As long as I drop my tithes and say a prayer. As long as I drop my tithes and, and pray over this or pray over that. But that's not what God called us to do. He didn't just say pay and pray. He said we are to surrender ourselves. We are to, to put ourselves out there. We are to serve. We are to sacrifice. When you look, as we studied just this morning, uh, uh, quite a bit of, of Paul's ministry. When you look at the things that Paul went through, it had to take a lot more than just being committed. He had to be sold out. He had to be fully invested in this, fully vested in, in Christ to be able to carry out the things that, that God had him to carry out. We've changed from, from, from repentance to rededication. Now, I don't want to take anything away from that word rededication. That's a great thing when people rededicate their lives. But folks, let me say this. If we rededicate without repentance, you have done nothing. You may have walked an aisle and you got a little sadness in your eyes and, and maybe you had some good music playing in the background. But if we do not repent for what we have done and change the way that we are living, that rededication doesn't mean anything other than you got some oohs and ahs and a fuzzy feeling for a moment. Now please... Don't, don't, don't walk out and say, well, well, I rededicated my life and the pastor's talking bad about it. I'm not talking bad about it. I'm just saying that I'm afraid that very subtly we've allowed Satan to move our eyes just a little bit. And if there's any archers, oh, I forgot, Bob, real quick, just to let people know there's a, an archery tournament. Christian Outfitters, Bow Hunters Tournament, September 16th. This will be on the, on the bulletin board. That's the announcement I knew I was supposed to make earlier. That I forgot. Got thinking about bows all of a sudden. But it's the same thing. You ask any one of these archers that's going to go to that, if one of you guys are here, and you can get with us after the service for that, if you're just a little bit off at the bow, you're a long ways off at the target down there. If Satan can shift our vision just a little bit, and I think he does it with... with he, Satan's not a dummy. He's going to use intelligent words. He says, if I can get them just to rededicate rather than repent, it sounds good. It sounds majestic. But if there is no repentance, you're still missing the mark when it comes out to the end out there. And missing the mark translates sin. You see, guys, we have got to move beyond that. We, we, the church began to call for why. This is what I kind of brought up Thursday night. I think the church has changed in one of the biggest aspects is because we started calling for committed members. We want committed members to the church instead of submitted disciples. We want committed members. And we'll put that out there. And churches are always saying we need committed members. And members say, oh, they need me to tithe. They need me to show up here and there. Folks, I don't need a committed member at this church. I would much rather have, in complete totality, a submitted disciple. Because if you are a submitted disciple of Christ, then the tithing and the, and the coming to church and all this stuff is going to fall right in where God wants you to be. 
It's not about just being a committed member. God didn't tell us in the scriptures, accept me so that you can become a committed member of the little white church at the corner. No, he said, go and make disciples out of people and then baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Folks, we have moved from being that, 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 that sold out, submitted disciple to committed members. And there's something in there I want us to think about this morning. But, but I, I'm afraid that this is probably one of the most dangerous and destructive falsehoods that's entered the church in the last few hundred years. That we need committed members out there. Folks, think about the word. Committed. It, it sounds great when I say I need some committed members of the church. You may be saying, well, yeah, we do. Committed means to pledge or to give. I commit, I pledge, or I give myself to God's will. I commit my family. I commit my time. I commit my service. I commit my children. I commit my gifts to God's will. Pardon? It's an action. Hallelujah. Absolutely. By committing, it is an action. It is something that that we are doing where submitted means to yield control to. Submitting means that I am going to give my control to someone else. Submitting unto God means I surrender. I submit myself to God's power and control. I surrender myself. I surrender my family. I surrender my time. I surrender my my gifts. I surrender my children. I surrender all unto God. And that's the difference. Commitment means I'm going to put my opinion in there. I am committing to do things on my own. What does God want from us? A, A pledge of our life to Him? Or does He really want us to stop and think about it and surrender our life to Him? There's a big difference there. A pledge can be broken. In, in our Sunday school lesson today, we talked about how the, the 40 men said, well, we pledge not to eat or drink until Paul is killed. Now, we don't see anywhere that they starved to death. You know why? They made a commitment, and men tend to break commitments. But when you make a, a submission, when you submit yourself to Christ, you surrender to Him. And when you surrender to Him, that's when great and miraculous powers and works of God are manifested around you and around others. There's plenty of examples throughout Scripture, and this is what I was was really praying about this week, and I was thinking about them. But you can look at some of the real names in faith. You think of Abraham. When Abraham uh, Abraham was only committed when Ishmael came into being. When Sarah said, well, just take my bondservant. What did, you know, in Abraham's mind, I'll take matters into my own hands. He was committed to God. There's no denying the fact he was committed. But when he's committed, he did something that he probably should not have done. But when he was submitted, we see Isaac up on the altar on top of the mountain. He was committed and produced sin. But when he submitted to God and surrendered all, even his son Isaac, he had the knife in the air when God pointed out the ram in the bushes. There's a difference between commitment and submitting. Uh, you, you, you think about the Gideon, when he laid out the fleece. He was committed to God. He believed in who God was. But he laid out a fleece and said, God, if this is really what you want me to do there in Judges 6, th- th- then here's this fleece. I, I want a sign. That's commitment. But when he was submitted, he did exactly what God told him to do, and he wins the victory there in Judges with just 300 men. Uh, he's able to go out and do what God called him to do, and miraculous things happened, not with the fleece when he was committed, but when he was submitted. 
Jonah. He tells Jonah, go to Nineveh. There's no denying that Jonah was a committed man to God. He was committed or God would have never chose him. He was committed to God. He knew who God was. He had studied the scriptures. But under that commitment, he was swallowed by a whale. But when he submitted himself to God, revival came to Nineveh. There's a difference between commitment and submitment. Peter, Peter was committed to Jesus Christ. Yet in Matthew 26, we hear him what? Deny God three times. He was committed enough to Jesus. He'll pull the sword and whack off a man's ear. He'll defend Jesus. He's always there speaking around Jesus, protecting Jesus. There's no doubt that Peter was committed. But when he submitted unto God, we read then in Acts, thousands come to know Christ because of who he is. Christ is in him. There's a difference between commitment and submitting, guys. Paul, in Acts chapter 7, he held the coats of those who stoned Stephen. But you see he submitted when he goes out and he says, to live is as Christ and to die is gain. He understood what it meant to be submitted, to be totally surrendered, to be able to, to look up to Christ and say, you are my king. Totally. Judas committed to follow Jesus, but he never submitted. Jesus Never committed. He always submitted to follow the Father. Never do you see Jesus insert His way. I'll do it under my power. He did what God the Father told Him to do. He went where God the Father told Him to go. And He spoke the things that God the Father told Him to say. He submitted Himself unto His Father. Never committed. Therefore, if we're going to call ourselves Christians, why do we think we must commit our opinion? I'm going to commit myself. I'm going to make my pledge. In Exodus chapter 2, I think it's another great example. And I want us to look at this this morning and look at the life of Moses. And we can see in the life of Moses when his commitment began. In Exodus chapter 2, starting in verse 11, it says, Years later, after Moses had grown up, he went out to his own people and observed their forced labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. Looking all around and seeing no one, he struck the Egyptian dead and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. And he asked the one that in the wrong, why are you attacking your neighbor? Who made you a leader and judge over us? The man replied, are you planning to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses became afraid and thought, what I did is certainly known. Now, notice what, it, what happens there. He, he, he's committed to God. He was raised up. His mama made sure that he knew his Hebrew people, the teachings of the Hebrew people. He knew God and, and his work. He looked at their burdens. He saw their burdens. And then he did what he thought he could do by killing an Egyptian. But what he thought he could do, he was committed, but he produced sin. And he found in 13 and 15 through 15 that that wasn't enough. So then he had to wrap all his things up and run off into the wilderness. Now, I wonder if that's ever happened to any of us. We knew what should happen. We knew what should be going on, and we have a commitment to God. We know what should be going, so we go off and, and, and try to make something happen, and it blows up in our face. We go out and say, well, this is what should be going on for the Lord, and rather than submitting unto Him and asking Him, God, what would you have me to do? We just go and try to make it happen under our own steam, under our own power, and it blows up, and then we run off into the wilderness saying, oh, poor me. I tried to do something for God, and, and look what happened. God must not love me. I was committed to bringing this task to bear. 
I was committed to do these things. But she wasn't submitted to hear that God had somebody else planned on bringing that together. God had a total different thing in play. But she wasn't listening because you were committed rather than submitted. Moses changes up. And look over, turn over a page to chapter 4. In chapter 4, verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Then Moses answered, What if they won't believe me and they will not obey me, but say, The Lord did not appear to you? And the Lord asked him, What is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. Then he said, Throw it on the ground. He threw it on the ground and it became a snake. Moses ran from it. Now, Moses is afraid. This is a viper. This isn't just some Hollywood uh, animation stuff going on. He threw the stick down, it becomes a viper. But the Lord told him, stretch out your hand and grab it by the tail. So he stretched out his hand, he caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. This will take place, he continued, so they will believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared unto you. Hallelujah. First, in, in verse 2 there, God looks down. He saw all, had Moses, all that Moses had to offer. And he saw a rod. And God said, surrender it. And, and Moses surrendered it. And then what does he say in verse 4? Now submit yourself unto me. In other words, reach down and pick up that viper. When he gave God that stick, he was committed. He committed and gave that stick to God. But God turned it into a serpent, into a viper. And now that's a writhing snake. He ran from it. But God says, submit yourself unto me. Reach down and pick up that snake. Now Moses had to make a decision here. A committed man would say, hmm, I must have misheard you. That thing might bite me. But a submitted man said, this is scary, but if you tell me to do this, then you have a plan. And he reached down and he grabbed the tail of that snake. He was submitted at that point. God gave him power over the, the business end, if you will, of that snake. And I would share with you this morning that God gave, that just as Moses, God gave control of his life over to Christ, when, to God, when we give our lives over to control to Christ, then he will have us take up the serpent. He will give us the power. He'll give us the, 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 the ability to grab hold of whatever it is in our lives. And miraculous things can happen around us. Through submission, we see in verse 5. What does it say there in verse 5? Then they will all see and know that I, the one who is the God of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that I have sent you. When we submit ourselves unto God, not committed, it was commitment of Moses to throw the stick down, but it was submission to pick up a writhing serpent. When we submit ourselves unto God to do His purpose and plan in our lives, it says in verse 5, then the people will see that I am the God of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and that I have sent you. By Moses' submission, God shall be seen. Once Moses submitted, it is then that he is usable. It is then that great things that only God could do can be worked out through him. Hallelujah. When we submit ourselves, instead of just committing ourselves, it's then that great and miraculous things can be seen around us again. When we quit trying to do it of our own power and say, God, what would you have me to do? And then being submitted, God was revealed to the world. And I would say it's still the same today. If we would quit committing ourselves and submit, well, well, well God may tell me uh, I have to go and clean toilets. You know what? 
If that's what your submission to God is, then praise God, that's all He's asked you to do. Because there's folks that are submitting themselves that are dying every day in the name of Christ. But if I submit myself, I'll have to go and, and tell bro, the, this person over here that I'm a Christian and, and you know that, that they may call me names or they may do this or they may do that. I'm committed to Christ. I'll tithe. I'll go to church every Sunday. But if I submit, He may make me want to do something I don't want. I, I might have to step outside my air-conditioned office. I may have to go out in the field and be a missionary somewhere. Folks, our ultimate goal is to let the world see Christ. Show God to the world. He said, go ye therefore and make disciples. In other words, we are to show God. How are we to show God? By submitting ourselves unto God. That's what he said here. When Moses submitted himself, he said, now the people will see. When you are committed, they said, no, what are you going to do? Kill us like you killed the Egyptian? When you go and you submit yourself, miraculous things are going to happen all around you. In Moses' time, hard hearts caused all the water to turn to blood. The Egyptians couldn't drink, but the Israelites could. I would say that because of hardened hearts, blood had to flow down from Calvary. But it did flow. And all who submit themselves onto that has the saving grace of God upon them and can then can go out and allow that work of God to be manifested through others so that others can see we serve a saving God. Folks, we serve a God that is incredible. We serve a God of glory. We serve a... You look at the plagues. My God even got glory through lice. Frogs. How do you get glory through... I mean, frogs, I guess some people think they're cute, but to me, they are just ugly critters. And lice, that's nasty. But yet God got glory through that. If he can get glory through lice and frogs and these plagues, then what kind of glory could he get from a submitted saint? What kind of glory could he get if those who call upon his name are more than just committed, but submitted to do what God tells them to do, regardless of what the people say? Oh, you can't do that. That's not traditional. That's not the way we've always done it. Oh, what do you mean you're going to uh, uh, go here or go there? Uh, you, you know, once you've done this, you have to stay right there. This is what the next progression is this step. No, my God's telling me to go this way. No, this is where you need to be. Folks, he doesn't need us telling him what to do. He needs us to submit. Submit ourselves on him. In, in 10, but flip over a few pages to 10. Exodus chapter 10. Exodus chapter 10, verse 21. We serve a God of light. We serve a God of, of illumination. Notice what he says. This is the ninth plague. He says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand towards the heavens, and there will be darkness over the land of Egypt, the darkness that can be felt. Folks, this last night, about midnight, I was in Goliad, or actually I was between Trivoli and Goliad. It is dark out there. I didn't know there was a meteor shower last night. I would have pulled over on the side of the road. I was looking at the stars. It's so clear, incredibly clear. But yet I could still see. This dark was so dark, they couldn't even see. Couldn't see nothing. And notice what it goes on to say there. It, so Moses stretched out his hand toward the heaven, and the dark was so thick throughout the land of Egypt for three days, one person could not even see another. We have that expression, couldn't see my hand before my face. That was what was truly there. But, the, but the, it says one person could not see another, and for three days they did not move from where they were. Yet all the Israelites had light where they lived. God's people had light. Folks, we serve a God of light, not dark. 
We don't need to be committed. We need to be submitted. All the darkness could see the light. All the darkness that knew there was light out there but couldn't penetrate into it. That darkness couldn't penetrate in because that light of God is pure. Jesus is a God of deliverance, folks. He is a God of, uh, that provides our needs. He is a God who protects his people. He is a God of unity. If we know these things, if we know he is a God of light that will always shine on those who are truly sold out to him, then why do we not do more than just commit? Why do we not step out and truly submit to his authority? I would say it's our pride, but there may be many reasons, but we don't like to submit to that authority. Many of us are committed to God's work. I'm not questioning people's commitment, but what happens when we're only committed is we tend to become tired, frazzled, frustrated, and ready to quit. Just throw in the towel. And our commitment becomes a weight and a burden rather than a source of joy. Why? Because it was a pledge. It wasn't a submission. You see, when I submit to God and I say, God, what would you have me to do? Then I'm going to be doing what God has me to do regardless of whether men agree or not. And if I'm doing what God's having me to do, then I can go to bed at night with a smile on my face and a joy in my heart. I may have a physical body of tiredness. I may, 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 may be breaking down physically. But spiritually and mentally, I can say, man, I did what God told me to do. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, this, uh, many of y'all may not know, I got to go on a fishing trip a little while back and then got to go again yesterday because that fishing trip bombed out. Well, yesterday's bombed out as well because first time a motor broke down, yesterday's four to six with seas. We just got beat to death all day. And I, I had to stop and wonder, why? why? Why do we even do this to ourselves? But you know what really was neat? I'm not going to say names, I guess. However, the young man that went with me has ran from the Lord so far. But there was a young lady on that boat. And when you're out at sea that far, guess what? It's like David used to say when he'd go test drive customers' cars, he had a captive audience. They couldn't just jump out of the car. Well, there was two old men, the captain and myself, and this young lady and this young man. This young lady was a very strong Christian. She was only 16, but I was proud. I don't never met her before in my life, but I was so proud of her testimony. And, and at one point when she went in, he said, man, she is really neat except for all the Jesus stuff. I said, that Jesus stuff sounds pretty good to me. And she just kept on going and kept on going. Eight hours he had to listen to this. And the other two only because she went up top or he hidden inside. I thought, praise God, that's what it was all about. It wasn't about me catching fish. It wasn't even about the boat ride. That young man was put on a boat with a young lady who was on fire for Christ, and he had to listen or talk to us other talk to us men. He didn't, you know. Sorry, but you choose this or a pretty young lady to speak with. <laughs> that's just the way it went. Guys. When we submit, we may not understand how things are going. We may not know everything that's transpiring. But when we're doing what God would have us to do, great and mighty things could happen. But yet in the church, it is taught for so long that just being committed is enough. And that's not true. I, re I really prayed hard and thought hard on this message this week. Because I thought to myself, could I really say that? Do I mean that? 
Do I want to tell people that, that I don't want committed members? And the more I prayed about it, the more I thought, yeah. I don't need committed members that breaks their commitments. I need submitted disciples of Christ to do what they would call, they've been called to do. And I don't need it. But that's what Christ has called us to be. Submitted disciples. Now, if we know that God is these things, then why won't we submit? I, 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 would, I would say to you that the teachings of the church about just being a committed disciple is not just a sin. It's a lie. I, it, if I just pledge myself to do what God wants done, then there's a problem there. Because God's works cannot be done by human hands. But what God can do through man is through the hands and hearts of man. I can't do it by these hands. I can't do it by myself. But when the Holy Spirit moves in and the Holy Spirit moves and does things, then I just become tools. I'm just an implement of His Holy Spirit. That's the difference between commitment and, and being submitted. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. That's commitment. Denying yourself, that's commitment. I don't want to take away from that. That is commitment. But then he says, then take up your cross and follow me, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, think about that. Whoever loses his life, that's submission. At, at that point, you've submitted. Whoever loses his life, for my sake, will find it. It is a commitment to deny your cross. It is a commitment to deny self. But it's submission when you're willing to lose your life for his place. And those who lose their life for my sake shall gain it. Some have committed their lives to the work of Jesus. I, I don't take away from that. Some have. Some truly have submitted their lives to the work of Jesus. And, and they are all about the works of Jesus. You work hard for God. You work hard for, for what you think is right. And you're still left with that, I need more. God's invitation to you this morning would be to quit being committed and submit to his will. And you may find he's going to send you in a totally different direction where you were thinking you were going. Because it's then that he can work through you. When you're truly, truly submitted, you will see great and and mighty things happen in your life that only God can do. Great and mighty things that, that you have to stop and say, man, I couldn't have done that. That had to be God. Joy and power and peace. Like you, you read about and you hear others, you'll hear these missionaries that come back from Africa with these great miraculous stories and you think, well, how can that be? It can only be God. What did Jesus tell Moses? Take that staff. And you'll throw that out in front of them. And there's going to be other works as well. But everything you do, they'll know that you couldn't do it. it. Had to be the God of their father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When you truly submit yourself to Christ, people are going to say, man, you can't do this. You can't speak like that. You can't get up and testify like that. You can't witness like that. You're right, I can't. But my God can. Moses submitted unto God, and he never was the same again. He was changed. If you are here this morning and you do not know God, then I would ask first, what is your commitment to? If you don't know Christ, what are you committed to? Can it, can it bring you peace? Can it bring you joy? Can it bring you uh, help in times of trouble? And you might be able to say, yeah, I, I think it will. And my next question would be, can it get you into heaven? 
But Jesus said, I am the, the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. If you don't know Jesus, then you need to commit yourself unto him and then submit yourself. Commit to yourself to, to deny your cross and submit your life. Surrender your life unto his hands. If you're here this morning and you do know Christ, you made that profession, you committed yourself, you meant it, I would ask you this morning, are you willing and ready to submit yourself? The church does not need any more committed members. I'd love to see the walls full. I mean, standing room only. But I'd rather have one submitted disciple than a church full of committed churchgoers. Because the one submitted disciple, God will work miracles and wonders through what are you this morning? I know myself as I pray. You know, every, I've told you before, every time I preach a message, God's preaching to me as well. And this week I, I, I stopped and I said, God, I pray that I am truly submitted. I had to ask myself that question. In fact, I, I did over a couple of prayer times. Am I committed or am I submitted? Am I doing the things I do because God's telling me to or because I think I'm supposed to? Am I doing things because I'm just committed to this task or am I submitted to God's will? And I had to pray about that. Now, I, I challenge you this morning. I don't care if you've been saved for 100 years. That'd probably only fit Dennis back there, but I'm talking about everybody. Doesn't matter how long you've been, been saved. Are you, are you committed or are you submitted? I want to lead us in a word of prayer this morning. And I pray that you will ask that question. And you know, and this may be too big of a question for you to answer right now. You may, I'm going to tell you this altar is open, and it is, and you can come pray with me, or you can pray right where you're at, but you may need to take some time. You may need to go to your quiet place, wherever it is at your house, or your, your workshop, or your Bible study, wherever it is. You may need to go and think about that a little. But I'm going to ask everyone in here this morning, and on the YouTube channel or wherever, Stop and ask yourself, or ask God to show you, am I a committed member or am I a sub submitted disciple? And then make the changes that need to be made, if any need to be. That's my prayer request for you guys. Let's all stand and I want to lead us in a word of prayer. Ask Christ this morning to show you, are you committed or are you submitted? Father God, I come before you and I just ask in the name of Jesus that you give us direction. Show us if we're truly committed. I see great men of God. I see what happened, uh, Abraham, our, our father, what happened when he was only committed. But what happened also when he was submitted. I see Gideon. I see Jonah. I see Peter. I see Paul. So many men were committed truly unto you. But once they were submitted, worked in Incredible works of, of miracles by your by you, you through them. God, make us those submitted disciples. I know you won't force us into submission. You ask us, you ask us to surrender all. We sing that song oftentimes, God, that I will surrender all to you. I pray that it becomes more than just words, more than just commitment. But may we truly subjugate ourselves into your glory. Onto your glory, onto your power. 
May your will be done, Father. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. If God is speaking to you this morning, I pray that you will do what God's called you to do and that you will follow through. Listen to what he says. He may tell you to go home and make some phone calls. He may be telling you to go home and, and, and change careers to becoming a missionary in, in Timbuktu or something. I don't know. But don't rationalize. Just say, God, I submit myself unto you. What would you have me to do? And watch the miracles. As we sing this morning, guys. Mm-hmm.